You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians. We're going to be in chapter number one. As you're opening there, I forgot to give you a few prayer requests. I'm going to give those to you before we get into the scriptures tonight. Uh, Philippians chapter number one. And uh, uh, just four prayer requests. As my family and I are traveling around the states here on furlough, we just got in back in November. We are praying for four specific things, and we're actually already seeing the Lord answer some of these prayers by the grace of God. And it's awesome to see God answer prayers. Uh, We are praying specifically for two new families, two new families that would surrender their lives to come over and, and learn uh, one of the national languages there and work amongst the Tulsa people. Uh, there are 45 million people uh, that, that, that are really without a good gospel witness. There are, that we know of amongst 45 million people, we know of less than five people who have learned their language and who are ministering amongst them. And when people hear that Tulsa language, they, they want to hear a little bit more of it. So I'll give you a verse very quickly so we can get to the message here. Uh, but maybe you can, uh, we all know Genesis 1-1, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I'll just give you one verse because it's got some clicks in it. Uh, and the Bible says, And so now you know what's going on in my head. Uh, so if I, get, if I get a little confused with my words, it's because I have that in Spanish and English, and I'm a, just a dumb country boy from the hills of North Georgia. It's only by the grace of God that you understand anything that's coming out of my mouth right now. Uh, but we pray, and we're praying for two families that would surrender their lives. It's a, it's a pretty difficult place to minister amongst the locations. I don't know how much you're familiar with it. There's, there's, it's a crime-ridden and disease-ridden area that is in desperate need of the gospel. Uh, I'm what they call a tamkulu there. I'm what they would call a, a grandfather. I'm 43 years, 42 years old. I'll be 43 this year. The average life expectancy inside the location where we are is 39. And so it's the lowest life expectancy in the world. And so they are in desperate need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dying like flies. Malnutrition, AIDS, tuberculosis, and with hardly any gospel message being preached. Without hardly any gospel. So we, we, we're praying for two new families. So we ask that you pray for two new families with us that would surrender their hearts and their lives to serving the Lord overseas. Also, we're praying for some new students. And God, this is one of the, one of the prayer requests that the Lord has already answered. Uh, and we're still praying for some new ones. We have a training center down in Alfreda, Georgia that specifically trains missionaries at our mission, Vision Baptist Missions. And uh, we've been praying for five, five new students. Well, the first meeting, we had a what we call a summit. You may have read it in some of your prayer letters, some of the other missionaries that you support probably put this out as well, but in, our, in the meeting at the first of the year, God is doing some incredible things. We had uh, four dozen, four dozen young people at that meeting surrender, to, surrender their lives to get the gospel message uh, to the ends of the world. So we praise the God of heaven for answering that prayer request, uh, but maybe you're here tonight and God of heaven to work in your heart and your life to get involved in world evangelism, and we would love to help you uh, at Vision Baptist Missions. Uh, also, we're praying for some new support. Uh, also, we're praying for some new support. It's been a while since we've been on furlough. It's been 13 years since we've been back here to give you guys an update. But our first meeting, or, uh, you know, at our first meeting, we didn't have a, a, a morning meeting. We were going over to South Carolina, and this is just how the Lord worked in this meeting. We drove down through Atlanta and Lithonia, and it's an area which uh, is, 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 is really uh, full of people that we're used to being with, uh, uh, full of people of a, of a specific color. 
that we're used to being with. So we dropped into a church there in Lithonia, Georgia. We walked in. We didn't know what to expect as we're dropping in a church. And of course, it's, a church, it's an all-black church. And, and I walk in, and one of the guys comes up to me, and he says, uh, are you sure you're in the right place? And I said, I said, well, do you guys love Jesus? And he said, yes. <laughs> and and uh, I, I said, well, I'm in the right place. And uh, long story short, he gives me the pulpit. They end up uh, making a commitment or deciding that... Uh, uh, saying that they want to commit to supporting our ministry. And we praise the Lord of heaven for his provision. Uh, and uh, one last thing, and then we're going to get into the message this evening. These are just some prayer requests that uh, uh, please continue to pray with us over. The last thing, and the most importantly, uh, when we get back to South Africa, uh, we uh, plan to start a Christian school. And so uh, there's a desperate, desperate need for a Christian education there. Uh, just to give you a little idea of the education level in South Africa, there's two sides. If you know anything about South Africa, the apartheid, the, the system that was set up uh, under the last, uh, well, it, it went down in the 80s, or late 90s, uh, early 90s. Uh, but um, the, 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 the education system is, uh, is, is terrible. Uh, there's no other way to say it inside of the location where we work. 27% of the people in the country live outside of the location. Uh, some statistics came out right before we left South Africa, actually right after we got back here in the, in the States, and which stated the uh, 38% matric rate in South Africa, matriculation or graduation rate. And that sounds, it sounds okay when you think of 38, I'm sorry, 36% matriculation rate. 36% uh, of the population. But when you start to examine those numbers, you realize how terrible it really is. Uh, that's at a 30%. So they've They've lowered the education level. They've lowered the standard down to a 30%. And, and of that, 36% pass. But 27% of those live in town. And, and, and inside of town, uh, not where we minister amongst the uh, 45 million people, inside of town, almost 100% matric. And so we got about an 8%, 8% pass rate within the locations. Uh, we want to start churches. We want to. We want. Our, our desire is to start churches. We're church planners, and and one of the things we hope to use to expedite this process is the Christian school. It was one of the things in South America that was used greatly to help prepare preachers for the work of the ministry and feed our Bible college, and and we expect it to be used in the same way there in South America, uh, South Africa, excuse me. And so we we plan to start a Christian school. Uh, when we get back, I am having to teach presently many of our preachers how to speak. I mean, how to read that language that you just that you just heard. It's awesome. I'm having to teach them uh, how to read their own language and had uh, and to do simple maths and things of that nature. So we need to expedite this process, and we believe it's it's the long way around expediting this process. So uh, there's no shortcuts, uh, but we're looking forward to what God is doing uh, just this week. Just this week, the God of heaven has supplied over $5,000 toward, uh, uh, toward that, that project, and we're going to need close to $65,000 uh, by the time it's all said and done for, for uh, curriculums and for uh, materials and for uh, actually a property, uh, a school property, and that's where we're going to start our next church when we go back. And so I ask that you guys pray. Uh, pray for us. God's big, God's good, and God will uh, supply. If we ask, I believe He will supply. We have not because we ask not. And so we're asking for some labors, and we're asking for the churches here to, uh, to pray with us. Um, if you would, go with me into the book of Philippians. 
One more thing, and then I'll get to the Word of God. This morning, I, I got some news, and I, I'd like to share it because you guys, this is more fruit that will abound to your account. Last week, we decided to disobey an executive order there in South Africa. This is live stream. Uh, and so, uh, and, and, and have our junior camp anyway, and as a result, uh, 24 so, uh, souls were saved last week. Uh, and this week, this week, we finished up with teen camp there in South Africa, and 78 people went. I haven't yet received note, but I did hear that uh, there were four individuals from my church, uh, from the church that we started anyway. It's not my church. It's Jesus' church. But uh, four, four individuals from Soweto Baptist Church that trusted the Lord, and I'm sure there's more on top of that. But that's fruit that will abound to your account, church. Uh, we praise the God of heaven for what he's doing there in South Africa. Uh, and Philippians here, we'll get to the Word of God. Philippians here, uh, uh, you know the context for this book. Uh, uh, Paul is in jail, and he's writing this epistle to this church, uh, and he's, it's really where we get the idea for that thank you letter, uh, that, that missionary letter, I believe. I believe this is where we come up with the idea of, of, of prayer letters. Paul is writing this letter back to this church for their participation, and I've already mentioned that, for their participation in his ministry. Paul has a very special relationship with this church. This church is like family to him, and some things happened that they weren't expecting. Uh, I don't know about you, but 2020 threw some curveballs at us, and, uh, and our expectations, I want to talk to you just briefly about having the right expectations for 2021. Uh, we need to have right expectations. Wrong expectations are, are detrimental to our joy. Uh, they're detrimental, and this book is written so that the, their joy would be restored, so that, so that they would learn to, learn to rejoice in the Lord always. And as, as uh, Brother Nathan was singing, uh, we can do that. We can do what God has commanded us to do. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice inside of this book. And even, but, but, but with wrong expectations, sometimes the wrong expectations still are joy. I remember I got a little funny story to tell very quickly because uh, uh, for time. But when we began to start our church, I started with a, a, a group of young, young kids, young 15 to 25 year olds. Twelve young guys got uh, saved in the very first church service. We're going to do a baptismal service. And, and you go over discipleship and you're weeks talking about everything that you're going to do and how it's going to take place and how it's going to transpire because they've never seen a baptism service. And, and you're like, all right, you're talking them through and you think you have talked about everything there is to talk about, you know, down to the, uh, down to the clothing they're going to wear. They're going to wear dark clothing when we come in and when we baptize and things of that nature. And so the day comes that we're going to baptize these guys and uh, we're going to have our very first service and we have a little bitty room, uh, 10 by 12 or 12 by 15 room that is just packed with visitors and these young boys that are going to get baptized. And they're going to take a step of faith. And, and man, the service went great. Uh, I baptized the guys and, and uh, I'm closing out the service with announcements and I walk outside and, uh, and all, of a sudden, all, all of a sudden my joy is completely gone. Something I didn't expect at all took place. <laughs> Something I didn't expect at all transpired. In the middle of the street, there was at this time, uh, you may have seen the church building there in the, in the video, there used to be a fence before we used the whole property as the auditorium. Well, there was a fence surrounding the, the, the property, and in the street, out in the middle of the street, are 12 naked young men. <laughs> they had stripped down and draped their clothes over the, over the fence. I was like, man, I did not think of telling them not to strip down in the middle of the street. That just didn't come to my mind. I thought all the other talk 
covered that. It's like, what is going on here? Expectations were not met that day. I had the wrong expectations. And as a result, oh man, I was frustrated and I, I, it stole my joy. We need the right expectations, church. And God here gives us the right expectations through the Apostle Paul. In 2021, what we're going to do is what we did, what we do all the time, we're going to live Christ. That's what Paul talks about in, in chapter number one. And he's talking to these Philippians who undoubtedly have, had heard bad news about their father who was in prison. And, and was on death row, possibly. He didn't know if he was... For me to live, he writes this, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so they've heard that Paul is imprisoned in Rome and, and undoubtedly as children to a father would be, they were a little concerned. And Paul's writing this letter to ease, that, uh, ease, those, ease those feelings and, and, and restore the joy of their salvation. And they needed to have the right expectations. Paul is giving them the right expectations in this text. Look, in, in verse number 21, we have that real familiar verse, for me to live is Christ. And that's what this whole chapter is about. What, is, what does it mean to live Christ? We'll go back one, one verse and you're going to see Paul's expectation, but you're going to see what it means to live Christ. In chapter number uh, 1, verse number 20, the Bible says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also, underline this phrase in your Bible, Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. That's what we do. That's what we do as Christians. That's what we need to do in 2021. We need to magnify Christ in our bodies. That's what it means to live Christ. To be a Christian is to magnify. Any eight-year-old can tell you. Magnifying is making bigger, making clearer, and making closer. Amen? We're going to make Christ bigger, clearer, and closer to a lost and dying world. And, what, and Paul is giving his children here the right expectation. He says, according to my earnest expectation and hope. According to my earnest expectation and hope. And the question I have for you today is, what is your expectation and hope? What is, what is the expectation and hope that you have for 2021? I know our expectations and our hopes weren't met in 2020. I know we want to forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are before, and we want to press on toward the mark to the prize, uh, for the prize. Amen? That's in this book too. But what is your expectation and hope for 2021? What is your expectation and hope? We need to have the right expectation and hope. You know why? Because you will magnify what you expect and hope. That's what you will magnify with your body. You will magnify what you expect and hope. My mother works at Costco, and when, when I came back on our first furlough, uh, we walked into Costco and everybody knew my family before I even introduced myself. How is that possible? Well, grandmama had an expectation and hope. She wanted she wanted to see those grandbabies. She already showed everybody our pictures and, and she was expecting and hoping to see the grandbabies. What is yours? What is your expectation and hope? Well, Paul's, of course, we know this, and I'm not going to stay here long because I want get to get to the meat of this message very quickly in the next 15 minutes. Paul says, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. That helps us understand what his expectation and hope was. You see, the Apostle Paul is locked up and he's in jail. And he is expecting and hoping what? Jesus. That's his expectation and hope. Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. He's expecting and he's hoping for Jesus. For Jesus to maybe get him out of a circumstance. It's for Jesus. He says, according to my expectation my hope, that in nothing... I shall be ashamed. He's saying, I'm expecting Jesus to come. 
I'm expecting Him to come and get me out of this circumstance I'm in. I'm expecting. And when He gets here, guess what? I don't want Him to find me hugged up on another. I don't want Him to find me hugged up on my family. I don't want Him to find me hugged up on anything. What do I want Him to find me doing? Magnifying Jesus in my body, which is living Christ. And that's what we are called to do. We are called to magnify Jesus in our bodies. What is your expectation and hope? You're going to magnify it. Get the right expectation and hope. And very quickly, I want to show you what you should expect and hope in 2021. And this isn't probably at all what you expected or hoped to hear uh, when, when the missionary stood up uh, this evening. But I want to show you. And understanding this doctrine that I'm about to give you very quickly, I promise you, you understand it clearly it will give you a joy unspeakable and full of glory no matter what happens in 2021. No matter what happens. That's what the God of heaven wants for you and wants for me. He wants us to be joy-filled. He wants us to have... Rejoice in the Lord always is an imperative. It's a command. He didn't, it's a command. He wants you to be able to rejoice in Him always. And again, I re say rejoice. In order for you to rejoice always in Him, you got to have the right expectation and hope. What is your expectation and hope? Well, I want to show you what Paul's. I want to show you what happened to Paul, and it'll give us the right expectation and hope for 2021. Understood correctly, it will even allow you to rejoice, no matter your circumstances. Now let's go over and look at verse number 12. What does it mean to live Christ? Yes, it's magnifying Him in your body. Magnifying Him in your body, whether it be by life or by death. And what are we going to do? Verse number 12. Look at this with me. He, Paul says, in verse number 12, he says, I would you should understand, brethren. He's talking to his children. He's like, children, listen, I know you've, I know you've heard this before, but I need you to understand this. I mean, they, pay attention very closely to what I'm about to tell you. Listen to what I'm going to say. He says, brethren, but he's talking to his children in the faith. These are, these are believers, what the believers should expect and hope. That the things which have happened to me have fallen out Underline this phrase in your Bible, if you don't have it underlined already. Unto the furtherance of the gospel. What is life in Christ? Life in Christ is magnifying Him in your body. It's the furtherance of the gospel. What is life in Christ? It's the furtherance of the gospel. The furtherance of the gospel. We have this Christ life for the furtherance of the gospel. For the furtherance of the gospel. Now, the thing that you should expect and hope probably comes in the next verse. It's not necessarily what you want to hear. But there again, rightly understood, it can bring you joy. Look at the next verse. How is this going to transpire? How, is the furtherance, how should we expect the furtherance of the gospel to take place in 2021? How should we expect it? Paul says in verse number 13, we should not be caught off guard, brethren, about this, if this transpires, that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. How is this furtherance of the gospel going to transpire? Through suffering. Get ready, church. Thought 2020 was bad. Through suffering. Think not that you're above your master. The Bible tells us very clearly, time and time again in the epistles, 
all who live godly in Christ Jesus? We even know these verses. But what are we expecting in 2021? We need the right expectation. We need the right expectation. How in the world could you ever joy in suffering? I mean, that, that's craziness. That's crazy talk. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't ha- that does not make sense. I want, you to show you, I want to show you something in this verse right here in, 20, in, in 29. Verse number 29. Look at this verse with me. I don't know if we read over these things very quickly and we see these things and we don't really masticarlos, as they say in Spanish. We don't chew on them. But we need to. Look at verse number 29. He says, For unto you it is... Circle that word in your Bible. It is what? Say that with me, church. It is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to... Huh? Also to... We like that first part. We don't like that second part so well. If you could just leave off that second part, well, that'd be just right by me. But it is given. You know, that connotation in that word right there, given, is like a gift. It's like it's a gift. How in the world? What in the world? Well, rightly understood, it will fill you with joy. You will be able to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice in 2021. How in the world is suffering ever a gift? How could it ever be considered a gift? Brother Nathan said it. Or Brother Daniel said it. God is not willing that any should perish. Whether you're in Caesar's house or whether you're in the location in South Africa. He's not willing that one person on this earth, Jesus Christ's blood was shed for every man. Every single man. The God of heaven loves you so much. If you've not believed in the gospel, today is the day of salvation. Trust in Jesus. And He will give you forgiveness of your sin. And He will give you reconciliation to the God of heaven in and through His way. It comes in and through Jesus in His way. And His way is Jesus. Now, God is not willing that any should perish. He, wants those, he wanted those in Caesar's house to hear the gospel. And He wants those even in, the, even in the projects, the worst type of projects that you could possibly imagine. He wants everybody. He wants everybody to hear this gospel message. Now, How is suffering ever going to be considered a blessing? Well, the Apostle Paul, where is he sitting? He's sitting in bonds. I just want to give you an illustration very quickly through a couple pictures that will help illustrate this. If you could show the picture up there, brother, of this first group of guys, and you'll see these guys, the first group of guys. These were the guys that, well, at their baptism, did inappropriate stuff. This little young man in the front, his name is Amani. Amani, you want to say that with me? (laughs) No. Amani, he's holding the trophy up. You may think, man, he's a little bitty guy. He's 15. He's 15 years old in this picture. He's, he's about 20 now. Uh, but Hamani's there. Well, I want to give you a story real quick. We were trying to build the church there in Soweto. And we had a group just like these guys. Young men, uh, young boys. And that's who we focused on because we're preacher trainers, men trainers, and leader trainers. But we wanted some older people in the church. We wanted, some, some, we wanted all people to hear the gospel. And it was not happening. We had lots of kids and we had up to up to the young people like this, and we had no older people in the church. 
and, until one day some things transpired. Uh, what happened was uh, we had a group from the United States down, and this may not entice some of you to come, <laughs> but I'll tell it anyway. We want you to come. Uh, and uh, we were, they were helping put a roof on the church, and uh, we took them inside the location. Now, I, in, in my seven years of working in, in the locations, I've never seen another white guy inside the location except for the people I take in. And so we had this church group in there, and, and they draw a little of attention, and we learn through some things, and we don't do certain things any longer. Well, we took some tools within the location, and uh, drills and grinders and things of that nature, just little hand tools, and they're putting the roof on. Fortunately, they're all in the back putting the roof on the church, and, uh, and I noticed some guys, we got all the tools inside of the auditorium, and I noticed some guys outside kind of lurking around, looking in, peeking in, and I go out to greet them. I go up to the gate to greet them, and, and they did not respond. Uh, and that's very unusual in Hulsa culture. And I thought, well, something's up. We'd already had a few things happen, so I just stepped outside with them uh, to see what was going on. And I walked across the street, turned my back to the two double doors at the church, and there's a couple of guys to my right, and I look down, and normally the streets are full of people, but there are nobody on the streets at this time. And uh, so these guys are here, and there's a couple more guys up here, and these guys, I quickly learned, are lookouts for these two guys. And these two guys over here, I overhear them talking about the tools that are inside the church. And I'm like, oh, well, what's about to happen here? Well, this guy walks up to the corner and he talks to these two guys. And then the four of them come back to me and he pulls out a gun and he's coming at me. And I'm like, dear Lord, what are we going to do now? And, and they get to me and they said, let's go inside. And of course, I'm going to plead with them. I say, hey, just take my wallet and phone, you know, leave these guys alone. They're from the States. They want to help out here. And I'm pleading with them in Hulsa. At that time, I, my Hulsa was terrible. Uh, and, but, uh, but I'm pleading with them in Hulsa and, and, uh, and they don't want to have anything to do with that. And so we get closer to the door. They're kind of forcefully taking me over to the door. And I turned back around one last time. And I'm like, guys, just take my stuff. Don't, 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 don't mess up these guys' trip. They came here to be a blessing to your people. And that, that plea was met with a gun to the chest. And I said, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, the grinder's not worth dying over. Let's go ahead and go inside. Uh, well, about that time, well, about that time, this little guy, Amani, he rounds the corner of the church. And he begins to yell, they're robbing the pastor. They're robbing the pastor. And then another guy that had helped me with the language a little bit, a Rastafarian guy, rounds another corner and he begins, they're robbing the pastor. And the next thing I know, there's all this sea of mamas, uh, 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 older ladies that begin to come out on the street and run these fools off. <laughs> and I was like, praise Jesus. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I tell you that story to tell you this. I mean, it's funny now. It wasn't so funny at the time, you know. Uh, but I'll tell you that story to tell you this. Just a couple weeks later, about a week later, actually, a week later, they have uh, community justice, what they call there. They have community meetings because police don't really police our areas. And so they have community uh, meeting to talk. And what they're talking about at this community meeting is this crazy white guy. Ain't got enough sense to get out of Dodge. <laughs> He's not got enough sense to get out of the way. And, and uh, go ahead and show the other picture if you don't mind. And older people began to come into the church the next week to examine and see this crazy guy. Why he ain't left? He ain't got enough sense to get out of here. He's bringing his family in this crazy place. 
Mama Plakis. She was the first person to come in and get saved. And she just so happens to be Hamani's grandmama. And she brings another person in and they get saved and the Lord begins to build His church. A little suffering. has nothing compared... It's nothing like the Apostle Paul's. What does God do in suffering? You and I are so insignificant that He allows us a little suffering to elevate us to the eyes of people who hear, need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what you see in the newspapers. When you open a newspaper and you see these drunk drivers on there, we can criticize them, but they're people suffering. Suffering in their sin. In the God of heaven, they've been elevated to your eyes in their suffering. That's what happens. People, we live in a sin-sick world who like to see others in their suffering. That's why the news is what it is. And so what happened in the Apostle Paul? He's telling these people, hey, whoa, 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 wait just a minute. Don't let your joy be stolen. Because look at the end of the letter. Look at the end of this letter. I don't know. I told you, pay attention to the endings. Look at the end of this letter. He says it here, and I'm closing. He says, salute every saint in Christ Jesus. Verse number 21, chapter number 4. The brethren which are with me greet you. Huh? All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. Chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. He's telling these guys, wait a minute. God of heaven hasn't lost control. I know some crazy things are happening. I know some this wasn't on your expectations for, for my life. This wasn't what you were expecting, but the God of heaven hadn't lost control, and He is not willing that any should perish, whether they're in Caesar's house or whether they're in the location. And today, I just, I just want to encourage you, get the right expectation. When you have the right expectation, you can rejoice in the Lord. Hallway, you can remember that God hasn't lost control. If, if things get crazy in 2021, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, I'm reading and I'm closing right here. He says in verse, he says, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and all other places. Chapter number one. And many of the brethren in the Lord, verse number 14, waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear, right? Suffering. That's what we need. Brethren, we have, if you have the right expectation and hope, you can suffer right. Waxing confident by my bonds. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and some of strife. Others of goodwill, the one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. I'm preaching that, I just get beat again. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, not with, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do, circle that word, rejoice. Yea, and will rejoice. You want to rejoice in your suffering? You've got to have the right expectation, brother. What are you expecting in 2021? What is your expectation and hope. For me, Paul said, to live is Christ, and to die, it's gain. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.